We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody here. As always, today, guys, we wanted to talk about some over-under numbers for some individual and team stats going into this 2022 season. Did th- We've done this a couple times over the last few off-seasons. kind of fun to talk about a few players from a statistical standpoint. Now, we're not going to talk about every single player here. Uh, we could definitely do that, but you know, it just seems like it'd be an extremely long video if we decided to talk about just about every single player here. Now, if you guys do want to have us talk a little bit more about these stats and do more over under predictions for some players that we don't mention in this, then feel free to shoot us uh, a comment down below in this video and let us know if you want to see more of something like this. So Let's go ahead and move to uh, the offense here. We'll start with Matt Ryan, a few stats for him. Uh, Cody, so the over-under here for Matt Ryan is 4,000 yards. What do you say? You going over or going under on that number? I'm going over for Matt Ryan because last year, even his worst season, he, he nearly eclipsed that, you know, with virtually no receivers, no offensive line. Um, and I just think he's been a career 4,000 plus yard passer. So I think he had one down year and I think he's going to come back and he's going to have a 4,000 yard season. Heck, Phillip Rivers did a couple of years ago, right? So I really feel like even though Jonathan Taylor is going to be the main focus, I do feel like Matt Ryan is going to, you know, take the next step because you even look at the Colts stats from last year from Carson Wentz. I think they had what, like 30, he had like 3,300 yards or something along that line. And, you know, that's, that's also him being injured a couple games. That's him, you know, really not throwing the football a lot. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, and you gave him more weapons. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Matt Ryan to well eclipse 4,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go over on this as well. I mean, like you said, last season, one of the worst seasons for him statistically, but yet um, still was almost at that 4,000 mark. In the 14 seasons, Matt Ryan's been a quarterback in the NFL. Only four times has he not eclipsed 4,000 yards passing 
And that was obviously one of them being last year. And there's been three times where he's eclipsed over 4,700 yards passing. So there's been two times he's come within 100 yards shy of 5,000. So, you know, there's been times where, you know, Matt Ryan has, Matt Ryan has really been the yardage guy his entire career. You know, the touchdown numbers sometimes don't match the yardage numbers, but he has always been a yardage quarterback. So that doesn't, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If he hits the 4,000 threshold this year, like you said, even with Jonathan Taylor, you know, still being the primary focus, you know, I think the Colts are going to understand that Matt Ryan's going to need to throw the football for them to be more consistent. So Let's go to the touchdowns over under 29. Ooh, this is good because I'm expecting somewhere around here. I'm going to go slightly under. I'm going to say 27-28 for Matt Ryan. Um, And I think that's just because Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of those carries near the goal line, right? I think him and Hines and Philip Lindsay and whoever else, you know, I think they're going to get a lot of carries near that goal line. But I do think it's going to be in that high 20 to early 30. So I think right around there for me. I got you. I got you. Um, you know, I'm back and forth with this. Um, it would not surprise me if he goes over 30. Um, I would honestly say that I think that he'll probably get in that 27, 28 range. Um, even with the increased yardage here, I still think that, you know, when it comes to the focus and shift of the offense, they still want to uh, ground and pound in the red zone. Uh, I think that he'll probably get close to the same number that Carson Wentz had last year. Um, and even the last three seasons, I mean, Matt Ryan's thrown for 26, 26, and 20. Only uh, only three times has he ever thrown for over 30 passing touchdowns in his uh, career. And one of those times being when he won his uh, MVP in 2016. So, uh I think he probably will stay under that 30 threshold. So I'll say just slightly under. I'll go with you on that. Yeah, it's close. It is very close. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Now we're going to go to Jonathan Taylor. uh, 2,100 all purpose yards. Ooh, this is a good one. Do you know by chance how many, how much all purpose yards he had last year? He had, I think it was 1,836 rushing yards and then 300 and 69 uh, receiving yards, which would put him just under 2,200 all-purpose yards. Okay, then in that case, I'm going to go under because I think the Colts are going to utilize him less as they should for durability standpoint. I think guys like Hines and whoever that third running back is should and will get a few more carries down the stretch. And I don't. And I think some people might be like, oh, that's why would you do that? But honestly, I think this could be a blessing in disguise. So I'm going to go under. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, like you and I have stated several times, the Colts media has been saying this a lot over the off season that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to lose a few snaps this year with Naheem Hines now getting more into the picture and, you know, with him maybe taking some running snaps away from Jonathan Taylor as well. So I expect Jonathan Taylor to still remain uh, efficient like he normally is, get averaging five plus yards per carry. But at the end of the day, don't expect him to run the ball 330 times next year. Uh, and I just think that's just ultimately going to be the same scenario. Now, when we're talking about touchdowns, let's go with 19 touchdowns. Now, last year he finished the season with 20. 
Wow, really? He finished yep, with 20. 18 rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. You know, I'm going to go under as well because I think the Colts are going to spread the ball out a little bit more, right? I think they're going to use Hines. I think they're going to use guys like Alec Pierce, you know, Michael Pittman, Jelani Woods, Mo Ali Cox. You know, I think they're going to use a lot more of these guys. And so I think the, t- the touchdowns are going to be more spread out, kind of like the yardage I feel like is going to be this next year. Um, kind of what the Colts were in 2020 in certain ways. Obviously, Taylor, you know, completely much of a better back than he was his rookie season. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the Colts like the when their offense is running at peak efficiency, they like to spread the ball around a lot more. So I think a lot of mouths are going to get into the end zone, and that may just take a little bit of a dip in his touchdown production. But I still think he has the opportunity to get near that, you know, 15 to 20 mark. I really do. And it's funny because for the same reason you just mentioned, I think that he will actually end up passing the uh, 19 touchdown mark because of the fact that you said they spread the ball around so much, but yet at the same time, I think Jonathan Taylor, even though he's going to get a little less usage, I think that the times they're going to use him is what's important here, especially in the red zone. I think that you're going to see a few more opportunities open for him, knowing the fact that the the Colts are going to be able to spread the ball out a little more. And you could see, Jonathan Taylor with potentially more than just two receiving touchdowns this year. I think that you could see him with three or four by the end of the year, given his big playability. So I think that the way they're going to utilize him is going to be more efficient, which is going to allow him to score just as much as he did last year, albeit maybe have a few less rushing touchdowns, but might have a few more receiving touchdowns by the end of the year. So I'll go over. I'll go over on that one. Okay, I can see both sides of this argument, man. I, yeah. I get it. Okay, like even with like the rushing yards, I was like, "Hey, look, like you know, maybe his carries are down, but the Colts are going to be a lot less predictable next year, like on offense. They actually will have a passing attack. We think so. He maybe that gets him more peak efficiency, and he he has more yardage because of that on less carries. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. All right. Uh, last offensive player here. Like I said, guys, if you want us to do this more and you want us to have a few more players involved, you be sure to let us know. Uh, but Michael Pittman, uh, we have, let's go first with 85 receptions. And I finished last season with 88. Yeah. Um, I think just similar to the argument we just had about the touches, I think that'll go slightly down. I, I think around, you know, 70 to 80 realistically for Pittman. But I think, you know, Michael Pittman was literally the only receiver getting targets last year. You got to factor that in. So um, I do think, you know, he's going to still have a lot of production. He's going to obviously be the number one wide receiver, but I think it's going to get spread around a little bit more. And so maybe he won't have as many you know, targets next year as he did last year, just because the Colts are actually going to have some other options for Matt Ryan to throw the ball to. That's my opinion. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think he'll go slightly under. I think he's still going to be in the low eighties. That's just me, but I think that he is still the number one guy. And regardless of, you know, Paris Campbell still getting a lot of attention and Alec Pierce as well, I still think that Michael Pittman is still the number one guy. So still think he hits that high 70, low 80 threshold. Uh, all right, 1,100 receiving yards. See, I could see this going up um, because Matt Ryan, uh, we know the kind of quarterback that he is. And when he has a number one receiver, they get a lot of yardage. Like he, he is... And, and Matt Ryan, especially, is one of the best deep passers in the league. 
Mm-hmm. We saw Pittman last year when given the opportunity to go deep, he was Mawson dude. So I could realistically see that going up because, you know, really the last couple weeks of the season, Pittman really didn't get targeted that much, right? He didn't really get as many receptions or targets or looks as he did to start because the passing offense was virtually non-existent down the stretch. So I do think the yardage will go up. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I think he actually gets over 1,100 yards this year by a little bit because you know he's only averaging 12.3 yards per catch last season. That's actually down from what he did in 2020. He actually averaged 12.6 yards per catch in 2020. I think it's easily doable to say that Michael Pittman could average 13 and a half yards per catch, if not higher, uh, this next season because I think his catches, like you said, are not only going to be, uh, they might be in less in less quantity, but the quality of those catches, I think, is what's going to really stand out here. And so we go to touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. Finished last year with six. Yeah, that's going up. That's going up, no doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'll I go, I'll go over digits. on that. Yeah, I think he hits double, double digits this year. Okay. I really do. Okay. This one, I, I feel like I know. We're going to go to defense here. So now I feel like I know. I feel like I know your answer to this. Because this guy's been, yeah, this guy's been one of your favorites ever since he signed with Indianapolis this offseason. Yannick Ngakwe, and the over-under is at nine and a half sacks. Ooh, because he had 10 last year, right? I believe so. I'm about to look that up just to make sure. Yeah, Yeah, he uh, finished last season with 10 sacks, yes. All right. Oh, boy. This is really tough because I have him, like, right around here. Um, (laughs) You think there's a bigger chance he goes under for nine sacks, or you think there's a bigger chance he finishes with 10-plus? Gosh. Oh, I'm going to go over just slightly over. That's so tough, though. I could see a scenario both ways. Uh, But I do feel like, yeah, he's going to get more opportunities, more one-on-ones. He has a guy like DeForest Buckner who's going to give him more one-on-one opportunities. Mm -hmm. He obviously has Quiddy Pay on the other side as well who's going to help him out. So I do think he's going to be floating around that that 9 to 10 sack range this year um, for sure. But I think the next guy we have on this list I have a – little bit of a stronger opinion on, but yeah, I think for Yannick, I have it hovering right there. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's going to finish with 10 and a half. So I'm going over. Uh, I think Yannick, like you mentioned, DeForest Buckner being there, uh, helping out on that side, you know, Yannick's not going to get a lot of double team, uh, a lot of double teams on offensive line. So it would not surprise me if he does end up getting that double digit sack threshold that we think of. All right, next guy. What do you pay? Six and a half sacks over or under? Uh, over for sure. Okay. I have Quiddy like eight or nine, honestly. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I really think he's going to make a jump. I mean, I think it, it was really clicking. He started off so slow last year mm-hmm. and it's really starting to click for him. Um, I have really high hopes for Quiddy and, and kind of the similar reason to why I think Yannick's going to have double digit sacks is because who are you going to block, man? Like, honestly, I think out of all the guys on the starting defensive line, um, I definitely think that Quiddy has the greatest opportunity for the most one-on-one opportunities. I really think he does because he is the you know most unproven player 
right now on this defensive line in terms of pass rush. So, you know, I think he's going to get a tremendous opportunity um, to really start to make a name for himself here in year number two. And now working with Gus Bradley, you know, and working with Nate Ollie, I really, really think um, based off of what we've seen in Gus Bradley's scheme, it really seems to help these pass rushers. So I'm really thinking that despite the terribleness at coaching staff last year at the defensive line, Quiddy Pay still was breaking out. So I really think he's going to jump, and I think he's going to more than double his sack total next year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree he's going to up it. I don't know if he'll double it, but he'll definitely up it. Um, I'll definitely say he get finishes with seven sacks by the end of the year. I mean, he... Like you said, he finished the year really strong. And, you know, having a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who is going to force quarterbacks to uh, move themselves into Quiddy Pay's line of trajectory is what's going to help him with a higher sack total. Um, and like you said, he's going to get him and probably Dio are going to get the highest amount of single coverage. Uh, or single protection against the pass. So, you know, it's one of those things where they'll take advantage. And you said it, Quiddy Pay started off the year really just injured a lot. Uh, didn't really get a chance to really build on anything uh, until we got to the Buffalo game where he had uh, one and a half sacks. So I really think that with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe, and obviously that helps to force Buckner in a way, I really think that it's going to help Quiddy Pay to achieve a much higher status in sack totals. Uh, DeForest Buckner now, since we're on that topic, mm -hmm. uh, over under on eight sacks. Yeah, who did he have like 10 or something his first year with Indy? Uh, his first year with Indy had nine and a half. Last season nine had seven. Okay. So you're saying eight? Yeah, I eight. Think that's just about right for him. What can I just say? Like, I want, I think eight's like the perfect number for him. Okay. You can say that. Okay, I think it is. That, that's what I was going to go with. Okay, all right. Eight sacks. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think eight, eight and a half is about where I would have it as well. Um, I think he takes a slight up on the uh, pass rush uh, department this year. I mean, like you said from before, he was, uh, I mean, just so many times last season, he was getting double and triple teamed half the time. So, you know, it was in the, one of those situations where, you know, he really didn't have much to go off of. Uh, there was many times where he was just making play. If you sing, if you put one man on him to block him, you're almost never going to win that battle. DeForest <laughs> Buckner yeah. will beat almost any offensive lineman, uh, just one-on-one, -on -one, mano -y mano So it's been best coverage for all of these teams to say, all right, we'll let Yannick Ngakwe, we'll let Quiddy Pay, we'll let Dio beat us. We just can't let DeForest Buckner beat us because DeForest Buckner is just that much better than uh, the rest of them. Now, I'll probably just go a little higher. I'll probably go eight and a half, nine for me uh, for okay. DeForest Buckner this year. So I probably will go just a little higher than what you want to. Yeah. Can we just take some time to just, like, as you were talking, I just realized, like, we overlook DeForest Buckner's impact probably way too much mm -hmm. um, because this dude is the heart and soul of that defensive line. Oh, like a hundred percent. I mean, I like it's crazy that we didn't have him a couple seasons ago. Like, and how good that trade was. I mean, my goodness, DeForest Buckner was worth it. Oh, 100%. he was worth it, man. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, he's been you know in talks with 
you know, when we got him in 2020, you know, after that 2020 season, you and I kept talking all the time about who's the more impactful player right now on the defense, DeForest Buckner or Darius Leonard. I mean, after the 2020 season, there were multiple times you could have said DeForest Buckner and you might've been right. But, you know, I would have said, I still say, I said Darius Leonard back then. I still say it now. I think we all agree Darius Leonard is the most impactful. But when you're talking about that defensive line, I mean, that defensive line goes through DeForest Buckner. If Buckner's not on the field, there is a huge drop-off and how good that team would be. Even this year, even this year, if DeForest Buckner does not play, the drop-off in the production of that defensive line unit just drops dramatically. Yeah, it does. The fact that, I mean, he's just such a good like leader and such a good like selfless person, like selfless teammate, like because like, you look at like he was just he had nobody around him that was really doing anything of note. Um, and he was playing way too much last year. Yeah. But he had a great attitude. You know, he had a great attitude and I thought he led well. So um, I think it's going to be great that he's going to have some more help, you know, this year. Um, I really think that he, you know, he'll be able to flourish and get back to being as, you know, not that he wasn't effective last year, but. You know, the fact that he was just on the field so much and getting double and triple teamed at times, at times, like, I mean, that that has to impact him in some way, um, you know, just consistently, you know, having to deal with that. So I think, you know, kind of similar to all these guys, it kind of like feeds into itself, you know, it's like, okay, if Quiddy's getting double teamed, then, you know, Yannick and DeForest will get, you know, more one-on-one opportunities and same goes for all the other players. So it's just great to have good pass rushers, you know, in this league. Oh, to help each yeah. other out, you know, hundred percent. So yeah, well, he's very an excited. Great player. Just very excited for this group and excited for Buckner in this new scheme. Cause you know, as good of a player as he is, could he even get better in this Gus Bradley scheme? That's crazy to say, cause he's a phenomenal player, but the force Buckner, I feel like he still has upside to get better. I really feel like he does. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm excited to see what, uh, what Gus Bradley and this, you know, this defensive line and defensive uh, scheme really does to help a guy like DeForest Buckner out. Absolutely. All right. Last uh, defensive individual player here before we move into team stuff. Uh, Darius Leonard, we're going to do 10 turnovers. That's the over under here. So to give you perspective, uh, rookie year had six turnovers. Uh, Second year had seven turnovers. Uh, 2020 only had three turnovers. And then this last season had 12 turnovers with eight forced fumbles and four interceptions. Mind you did that on a bum ankle, by the way. Yep. All right. I'm going to go under. Let me explain why. Okay. Julian Blackman's going to be back. He was making plays last, you know, when he was healthy. Um, You have Stephon Gilmore who makes plays. I just think it's going to be the defense is going to just continue to create turnovers, but it's not just going to be from one guy. I really feel like it will. I feel like Buckner, I feel like Leonard, excuse me, is still going to have a lot of turnovers. I think he's going to have, you know, seven, eight turnovers this next year being fully healthy. But I think some of these other players are going to get more opportunities or are going to make more plays this year. You know, I think guys like Isaiah Rogers is going to take a leap. I feel like, and he's going to get more interceptions next year. Um, so all that to say, Darius Leonard, we all know the turnover machine, the maniac, but I think just, you know, and this is a very good thing, you know, 
Like when your whole team is doing this, maybe your individual stats might go down, but that's okay. You will take that every single day of the week. And I think that might be the case with Darius Leonard. But honestly, Darius Leonard, he's crazy. I could see him having 15 turnovers next year because he's just that type of player. Like I'm never going to tell him that he can't do that because you should tell him that he can't do it because then he goes out and does it. All right, Darius, 15 turnovers next year. I bet you can't do it. I bet you're scared. <laughs> it's a crazy to think 28 turnovers in four years. 28 turnovers in his first four years in the league. I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher, two of the greatest linebackers to ever do it, never even came close to that turnover differential. Never. They didn't. They were never the turnover machines that Darius Leonard is. And last year, you saw it that he practically perfected the peanut punch. I mean, just being able to knock the ball out at will. Anytime he was in in the middle of a tackle, you were just waiting for that ball to come out of the the uh, ball carrier's hands. You were just waiting for it. And last year, even with a bad ankle, still with four interceptions last year, coming in some really big clutch situations. I mean. And not to mention, like I said before, he's he played last season with a terrible ankle. He, he couldn't even run half the time with the ball in his hands. I can only imagine now with what we're hearing with, you know, this pinched nerve that was in his uh, back that was messing with his uh, foot the whole time. And they're thinking that now he might actually be ready for training camp all along because he's already making great progress. I mean, he's a month out of the surgery at this point. He's already doing really well. And they think he's going to be as healthy as he's been in three years. I mean, this guy is primed to do 15 turnovers this next season. (laughs) I'm not even going to say, I'm not going to say he won't. I truly think he will do it. And that's what the crazy part is. I understand your point of talking about, you know, the rest of the defense kind of filling out the rest of the turnover differential. I get that. But at the end of the day, I still think the the maniac is the maniac and he's going to go get his, he's going to go get his six, seven uh, forced fumbles this next season. He's going to get his three or four uh, interceptions that he needs. You know, I just think that is ultimately what's going to happen. He's going to be the healthiest he's been in a long time. And this defense is going to remain deadly with the maniac being in the middle. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Let's go to some team stats here. Uh, so you stated the uh, over under uh, whether we think you were going to be higher or lower when it comes to the NFL passing yards uh, 15th. So you think that the Colts will jump up on that list, meaning they'll get better? Uh, or do you think that they'll uh, go down, meaning they're going to go further down on the list? Yeah, I think last year they were something like they were like bottom half of the league in terms of passing yards. So I just said it. Yeah, I like 15th because I'm like, well, you got a new quarterback. You added a few more weapons. Um, I think it's going to be honestly, hmm, that's tough because oh, that's a very tough one. Um, I might go over. I'll give you mine. I think that okay. th- this team will be over in passing yards. I okay. think they'll probably finish like 12th or 13th when it comes to yeah. passing offense, was, you know, cause yeah. Matt Ryan, the quarterback that he is, you know, you know, you're going to get a, a jump, a slight jump in the passing, uh, 
side of things, even though the Colts want to run the football, still think that they're going to finish in the top half when it comes to passing yardage. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll probably go right around there. Probably like 10 to 15 range. Gotcha. That, that sounds about right. So, and then you also had here when it came to uh, the rushing yards, uh, we'll say when it comes to rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, let's just say the Colts will finish, uh, let's say, let's say fourth. Let's say fourth. Okay. And both. All right. Okay. Um, I think for that. I think the Colts will be number five. So I'll go, I guess I'll go under. I think I'll go under. Okay. Just barely. I think they'll be top five. I think it'll be five. I think the Colts will finish, uh, will end up finishing top three when it comes to rushing yards. I think they're going to finish third in total rushing yards. Uh, when it comes to the rushing touchdowns, I think that it's going to actually fall backwards. I think they're going to go to like seven or eight in total rushing touchdowns. I think some other teams are going to run the ball more effectively in the red zone than what we will be just because of how the offense is going to go. But I still think rushing yard total still think it's going to be there. Uh, And sacks allowed. Uh, Let's say, obviously the Colts were not great last year at doing that. Let's say the Colts finish fifth in total sacks allowed. They allow more, Mm. allow less. I think they'll allow a little bit more. I think I'm going probably seven. Okay. Uh, I think the addition of Matt Ryan will definitely help in that department, you know, because how many times did Carson Wentz basically sack himself in certain situations last year? Now I get it. Left tackle wasn't great last year. We talked about it already, the offensive line. There were some guys injured. You know, guys weren't playing up to their usual standard that we've seen. So I'll say they're they're going to be fringe top five, but I think – seven is where I'm going to land there in terms of, you know, sacks allowed because there is a big question at left tackle. I'm going to say they go under, I'm going to say they're going to finish. Uh, they're going to allow only the fourth most sacks in the league because for the exact reason you mentioned Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan being able to get the ball out quicker, understand of defense, know how to read a defense so much better than Carson Wentz, I think is going to keep Matt Ryan out of a lot more stressful situations. And he knows how to get rid of the football and how to get a, avoid pressure a lot better than Carson Wentz did. Yeah, I get that. I, I could see that argument too. I think it's going to certainly be good. It's just like, how good will it be in year one? We'll see. Right. All right. Let's move to the defense. Passing defense finished 16th last year. Uh, We're going to go with overall passing uh, defense at 14th this year. Higher or lower? That's going up, in my opinion, because you've added to the pass rush. You've signed Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Faison in your secondary in your corner room. You get Julian Blackman back. You also have Nick Cross, who you think has tremendous upside. And if not him, Rodney McLeod. I think both of those guys, honestly, are upgrades over Kari Willis, especially in terms of coverage. I think they both are. So I think it's going to go be a little bit better than it was last year because you were playing with guys like Andrew Sandejo back there. Heck, you were freaking like in the last game, like you were down to like your fourth or fifth corner. Like, I think like you're going to go. I think you're going to be better. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I think this defense definitely has the potential to finish as a top 10 uh, passing defense. So I definitely will say they probably finish in 11 or 12 compared to last season at 16th. So I think that 
definitely they're going over when it comes to the total. Uh, rushing defense. This team finished at 10th last year in rushing defense. Uh, let's say ranking this year for ninth, uh, higher or lower there. All right. I think they're going to be a little worse than they were last year. I'm going to say like probably 11th is where I'm going to go. I'm I'm in a total agreement with you there. I think that the way their their defense is set up now is to be more of a pass oriented defense. Not saying they're going to be trash against the run, but I definitely think they'll take a few steps back. Right. Scoring defense. Ninth last year in the NFL with 21 and a half points per game. Let's say eighth this year, higher or lower. Bring it up. Bring it up. You're getting some key guys back and you're getting some new, really good additions. So I, I think I'm bringing it up. Okay. All right. I'll I'll say they finished seventh. I'd say they finished seventh in scoring defense. All right. Turnovers. Last year, second in the NFL with 33. Over under on 34 turnovers this year. Oh gosh. Bro, I don't know if I can like just say they're gonna do that again because that was like crazy. That was, you know? I mean, yeah, you had Darius Leonard to thank there with accumulating 36% of your turnovers. I almost have to say they're going to get less because like that was just so crazy. I think they'll get a lot, but like that was just crazy amount. So I don't know. I think they'll get slightly less, I guess. I don't know. Don't kill me in the comments. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I almost kind of want to just, I, you know what? I'm just going to do it just for the hell of it. I'm going to say over just because oh I don't, gosh. I'm just going to say it just because I get what you're saying. And the fact that, yeah, it's really hard to, you know, be a turnover uh, team like that. You know, I know that the, but the team is also going to be a lot more aggressive this season than what they were last year. I think that that's going to accumulate just some more turnovers in a different kind of way. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Last, last one here that we'll finish. And it's the team wins. You know, we've been talking about it for, (laughs) for months now. Uh, Ten and a half wins Mm. as the total. Over or under, Cody. Ah, okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to go over because I think they're going to win the freaking division finally. Ah, there it is. You can come back to this video in a year, and if I look like an idiot, so what? (laughs) You know, I've looked. I've said dumber things, man. I was the guy that that defended TJ Green, so I won't uh, say much (laughs) about that. Has he Uh, has he ever like publicly responded to you? Oh, I don't know. Maybe probably has. He, he, uh, he, he doesn't like me. the fact that Colts Nation doesn't like him. Well, he probably blocked me like a th- thousand other Colts fans he blocked. <laughs> Very true. Um, you know, I've been saying it all offseason that I think that the Colts can really bounce in between 10 and 12 wins. Uh, I'd say they finish 11. I'll, I'll go over on the uh, 10 and a half. I'll say they go slightly over because, like you said, trying to win that division is the big thing here. Trying to make sure that they secure a playoff spot for sure. So, and I, I think it's going to take eleven or twelve wins to do that. Yeah, it's going to take so. at least eleven wins in order to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to take that to be able to get there. So, we'll see what they do. But thank you guys again so much for tuning into this video. Let us know your thoughts on some of these over under numbers. What do you guys think? And again, if you want us to do more of this with some more players that we didn't get a chance to talk about, just be sure to let us know. Maybe we'll do it with uh, some other guys that we haven't mentioned. 
you know, there's a lot of different players here that we didn't mention on both sides of the ball. So feel free to let us know in the comments if you want us to do more. Thank you guys again so much for the continued support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.